feel like we should have known this already Were we even taught this at all? And welcome to Will This Be On The Test? Oh, foggy glasses. I'm Maddie. <laughs> I'm Austin. And we're here today to talk about some things we should have learned in school, but didn't learn, didn't learn fully. fully or did, this TikTok is throwing me off. Hi, but, guys. We're like, like, oh, foggy glasses? That sounds like some weird, like, not a curse word euphemism. It's like, oh, foggy glasses. I done dropped my ice cream. Uh, I, I pointed them out on my, pot, on my TikTok yesterday. <laughs> We actually are just about this professional usually, although we usually have a better intro, which goes like, hi, everybody, and welcome to This Beyond the Test. I'm Maddie. I'm Austin. And we're here today to talk about some things we should have learned in school, but didn't learn, didn't learn fully, or didn't learn correctly. And sometimes I get to be the professional one. This is a first for us. It really is. Check us out. Link in bio. Yeah. You can cut Your out. Your phone is slipping. Or we can leave this all in. Who cares? I think I'm going to cut this part out, but definitely leave the I, rest of that in. I don't know. I kind of dig this because, guys, I started a TikTok. She did. Um, she also tore apart the podcast closet. Yeah. Um, so we have a pretty active TikTok now. It is on the test pod. And honestly, I'm having so much fun with it. Um even though I am, as my shirt said, if you watched my TikTok, I am a millennial monstrosity. Emphasis on the monstrosity. And oh, we're going to have some meowing cats and things like that, because since I tore out the ceiling in our podcast studio, we are recording in our bedroom, and that is for an indefinite amount of time, although since we're recording every other week now, maybe we'll be back in there soon. And maybe. with some additional padding, it'll be more professional looking. So if you want to see the progress on that... Uh, I'm sure see lots of mistakes I make and eventually see me open up the potentially haunted wall. Check us out on TikTok I, on I the seriously, test pod. like, we need to do, like, an EVP for ghosts or something because... <gasps> oh, my God. We have EVP recorders. Yes, we do. And we have EMF recorders, although we found that they mess up in there because there is, like, metal in the walls. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then yeah. nothing is wired correctly in this house. We're going to burn down. <laughs> hey, the the only room that's not wired correctly is my office where all of, all of my of electronics are well it's that's different though because my yeah. electronics are from the 50s well not my electronics the wiring to them yeah her computer's from the 50s it takes up the entire room and it i have can't a punch e- card it can't even do internet explorer <laughs> it does work with aol yeah we uh by the way if you have any aol cds uh send us more we're running out they are a finite resource now yep so we are recording this at uh January 9th, I think. And it's been a couple of weeks. Um, Everybody we know is getting COVID. Everybody. Yeah. uh, So this Omicron or whatever it is, is is no joke. Um, But at least like so far in my office, it's only been the unvaccinated who are getting it. So uh, get vaccinated if you don't want to get coronavirus. Yeah. Or if you get do get coronavirus, then you probably won't end up in the hospital or dead, which is kind of nice. Uh, although I think it is leading to some massive underreporting of the numbers because, like, remember a couple of weeks ago, I felt like I had a bad cold, and ever since then I've just been fatigued as fuck. So we're not saying it was COVID, just like we're not saying it was aliens, but it was the Babylonians. So 
Yeah, it's been, and everybody's getting COVID. Be safe out there. If you can't get an N95 or a KN95 mask, double mask it. It sucks. I get sweaty and disgusting and all that, but that's my normal. Um, anything else interesting happened? Well, like, Christmas happened, I guess. Kind of. Did it? No. Wait, when did we last record? We recorded after Christmas last time. Oh. Your memory is failing you. <laughs> Guys, like you, like we said in the last episode when I was only Austin, my brain has been fried lately, but... I am getting back to normal. I've had the first time in my life, two weeks without work for the first time in my entire life. Two weeks without homework, two weeks without planning. I've gotten so much done, but like in a good way, because it's stuff I like to do for the most part. All right. So I think we should get into it um, because we've been chatting for a little bit here. It's upside down. I thought it said 40 minutes, four minutes. Um, So I'll go first this week since it was just you last week. Yep. All right. <clears throat> I can drink some of my tea. There's way too much sugar in this tea. It is. It's not even sugar. It's fake sugar. Yeah, I can taste it, especially since I just brushed my teeth. Oh. Anyway, so, Austin. Yes. You know how science seems to have always been searching for the missing link? Yes. The missing link being that thing that shows exactly where things went from being not quite human to being human. Yeah. It's kind of a chicken and the egg situation to me, um, where like chickens evolved and then just one day an egg popped out and it was a chicken. I don't think there is going to be some kind of missing link. It's just all of a sudden there was a yeah, human. Yeah, it's, it's like, trying to find like, yeah, it's it's such a gradual like over time process. It's not like a pop human. Yeah, I think it's a really antiquated idea that most people have kind of dropped now, thankfully, but yeah. not everyone. So what if I told you it was believed to have been found over a hundred years ago? Ooh. Charles Dawson, not Darwin. Charles Dawson. Dawson. Although I would not be surprised if he changed his name to be more like Charles Darwin. A British amateur archaeologist who in real life was a lawyer really liked fossils. And so he turned out to be one of the best or at least one of the luckiest amateur archaeologists of all time. He found a lot of previously undiscovered creatures, including a mammal. He found a tooth and they ended up calling it Plagio Dasani. He found three dinosaurs, including one called Iguanodon Dasani and a plant called Selginilla Dasani. So he named them all after himself um, and also a brand of water. I think in I think that I read that they were named by like members of the scientific community, not him. Uh, because of these finds, he may or may not have become fellows of things, or that could be him saying he was when he wasn't because he was still an amateur, but not too shabby for a hobbyist overall, right? Yeah. None of these compared to his biggest discovery of the potential missing link. In 1912, Dawson wrote a letter to his friend and actual paleontologist, Sir Arthur Smith Woodward, saying he had found a portion of a skull that appeared to be human, and he believed it was as interesting as, see if I can say it, Homo, Homo Heidelbergenus, or Heidelbergenus, because it was named for Heidelberg, and an, a believed ancestor of both humans and Neanderthals, which of course, since it was named after Heidelberg, was found in Germany. Now, it's important to remember, this is 1912. The British and the Germans do not like each other very no, much. No, they do not. And in the UK, they're not finding shit. Although nowadays, guys, like, follow the news about it. It's fascinating what they're finding. Um, but the Germans were like, look what we have here. We are finding all of these fossils that prove human humans have evolved. 
So the two men went to the Geological Society of London in 1912 and um, shared the findings with them, which included a human-like skull, but with a mandible more like an ape, and some fossilized stone tools, including, obviously, a carved bone, which he decided was an ancient cricket bat. How English is this man? Like, the stone tools? Like, oh, yes, this is his old tea set and a cricket bat. Yeah, I mean, I'm not doubting the idea that, you know, ancient humans probably had some kind of games they played, but cricket has, like, a history you can follow, I think. I think so. Why would he assume it's a cricket bat and not, like, a bat to hit your enemies with or something? I think those are called clubs. So is it, like, Stefan and the hottest club is the cricket bat? Yes. The ancient cricket bat? Yes. It's made of carved bone and the missing link is there. It's the coolest club in all of England. So the Geological Society was like, cool, so keep going. So these guys, along with a small team, kept excavating and found the teeth of this mandible that were somewhere between a human's and apes in size and shape. They ultimately estimated the link lived around 500,000 years ago. People began to celebrate the discovery of what they named Euanthropus Dasani, or the Piltdown Man. (gasps) Okay, I have heard of this. Based on where it was found, um, and they believed it was the missing link because its brain, like the size of its brain, its teeth structure, and the overall size were what they were looking for as the in-between. Now, you may be wondering why they continued to look for the missing link after the Piltdown Man. Yeah. Obviously. Obviously, this was it. Yeah, he played cricket, man. He, like, this dude was on it. Yeah. One important thing is that scientists continue to find missing pieces of human history. Everywhere in the world, particularly in Asia and Africa, scientists were finding more and more human-like fossils. So maybe there wasn't one perfect missing link, and they wanted to keep looking, seeing if they could find something even better. And then there's the fact that the Piltdown Man was ultimately discovered to not be a missing link at all. Yep. Now, we've all heard of carbon dating. Yes, we have. But in the 1950s, fluorine dating was all the rage. It was a brand new thing. Started, I think it was discovered in like 1949. The method involved using the amount of fluorine in bones to determine their age. The more fluorine there was, the older the bones, basically, because it would absorb it. So Oxford was like, hey, remember that Piltdown Man? Like, that was so cool. Let's take a look at this and see if it was actually 500,000 years old, because they were using the information they had at that time. Now, I used only reputable sources and Wikipedia for this, (laughs) but the reputable sources, one said that they found that they were 50,000 years old. One said that they found they were 720 years old. (laughs) I don't know how they could have grossly misread the same reports, although they could have been looking at different bones, I suppose. Anyway, this means they were way newer than the team claimed, and it couldn't be the missing link because they had found closer things earlier. But they were excavating one space, so it was possible that they just found fossils of different creatures that worked well together and the creatures died in the same place, right? Right. After all, I mean, they'd gotten this whole team. It was, wasn't just Dawson and Smith, whatever his last name was, to do the excavation, and then they convinced the Geological Society it was real, and the coloration was similar, so this just had to be an accident. No. Maybe it did start innocently. The original skull pieces were definitely human, but thicker than normal, meaning that this was not a modern human. 
but the pieces they found didn't actually fit together. (laughs) The mixture of human and eight bones had been dyed and carved to make them fit together. (gasps) Someone took the time to sit down, look at this collection of bones, and think, I can make this work. It's kind of like when you're working on a jigsaw puzzle and you're just done with it and you like you get out the razor blade. It's like, we're going to make this piece fit. I'm done here. Is that a thing you've done? No, but it's a thing I've heard about people doing. Yeah, I don't do puzzles. They make me angry. I feel like I could do this, though. <laughs> what? <laughs> Fake archaeology? Yeah, as long as there's not r- real human bones involved because I don't believe in ethical bone sourcing. Go back a few episodes. You'll know what I'm talking about. The teeth had been filed down to look a little bit more like human teeth. The whole thing had been stained with iron and acid to make them look older. Dental putty held the teeth in place. Don't ask me how they didn't notice that. Though maybe they did. There is a little bit of a conspiracy theory with the larger geological society, archaeological societies, etc. that I'm going to mention briefly in a bit. Once this hoax was confirmed, even though Dawson was dead, lots of other scientists lost their reputations because they had bought into it. So we have our what, which is this fake skull, our where, which is Piltdown, and we have our how-ish. We'll get into more detail in a second. But we don't have our who or our why. Who created the Piltdown man and what was the point? Well, in 2009... Isabel de Groot, a paleoanthropologist at Liverpool St. John Moore's, or not, there's no saint. I mean, there is a St. John, but Liverpool John Moore's University tried to at least figure out the who, not the band, who created this. Everybody know. well, no one can figure out the who. I know. They were just a bunch of pinball wizards, man. There has to be a twist. Um, the list of suspects included Dawson and Smith Woodward, of course. They all said Martin Hinton, who was a volunteer, Pierre Telhard de Chardon, a French Jesuit priest, and basically anybody else who worked on the site. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was also a suspect. (gasps) Uh, Go back to our episode on his friendship with Houdini to figure out why that is ridiculous. I know, he did play pranks. He played pranks, but this is one, because he wanted to prove that the supernatural was real. And he needed it to be different from science. He wouldn't fake science. That's true. He did He did try and claim that the dinosaurs in his Lost World movie, which were just claymation, were real. But I don't know. I don't feel like that was actually Arthur Conan Doyle. That was Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. I don't remember. This is, it's yeah. been a while. Since we, that's like one of our first 20 episodes, I think. Yeah. Was it a Halloween episode? It was a Halloween episode. All right. And that was the one where I did the poison candy. Yep. All right. Um, So they were immediately able to tell, though, that the skull was created by one person because the work was so consistent. Kind of like how they can usually tell if paintings are real or fake based on how consistent it is with other art, even if it was their students recreating their art. De Groot started by using more modern technologies to discover all these details. So they knew already that the human bones were from two to three people, which didn't say a hell of a lot. Um, and so they tried to go in and get DNA um, or radiocarbon dating results. Nothing came out. Those, they were too fucked up. They found the eight parts were all orangutan and they were all from the same orangutan dug up in Britain. 
Britain is famous for their orangutans. Just look at Jeremy Clarkson from Top Gear. Now, I am not an expert on orangutans, but I don't believe they have been known to be in Britain. I should have Googled that. I mean, like, in zoos, but I don't think they're native. No. um, Unless they're from Geordie. So she believes that whoever created this went out to a novelty shop and bought orangutan bones, which Dawson was known to do. She got some CT scans then and found that nearly every bone had putty on the inside, which had then been painted over and then stained so they would all be relatively the same color. She also found pebbles inside the hollow <laughs> chambers, inside like the skull and stuff, then sealed over with putty, which made them heavier and fossilized bones, even though they're like more delicate, are heavier because they've had all this time to like soak shit in. Oh. So this was smart, except old bones should have holes and pits in them. So the Geological Society should have looked at this and gone, this is weird. Why are there no holes and pits in this 500,000-year-old bones? <laughs> so when no one, no one signed it, obviously, um, like this was a arts and crafts project, but no one signed it. In addition to Dawson writing the letter that started this, like, I have found this skull. And, you know, he might have actually found part of a skull. DeGroote says circumstantial evidence points to Charles Dawson. Her reasons include three years prior, he had written to Smith Woodward that he was waiting for his big find. Items were only found at the site when Dawson was present. No other fossils were found after he died, which was only a couple years after this. He went to meetings of geologists and anthropologists regularly, meaning he was always up on the latest information. He constantly searched for fossils and had a wide collection of his own, meaning he knew what a perfect fossil should look like. Every time the geological society would question part of it, they would suddenly find a new fossil that answered those questions. <laughs> he had a history of his findings turning out to be fake. Uh-huh. Like uh, lots of con-, con otters, such as Dawson, con artists, he knew the best way to get people to believe what was shown to them was that they what it was to show them what they wanted to see. To get people to believe what they what you want them to believe. You tell them what they want you to, what they want to believe. And then here is the conspiracy theory part that I think that may have contributed to the scientific community just accepting it. The Germans were finding fossils. The British were not. It was like the space race, but with dead people. Knew it. It's, it's always trying to keep up, keep up with the Germans. She also hypothesized a why. He kept trying to join the royal society, the geological one, but they kept saying no. And he thought that a find of this magnitude would let him in. It did not. (laughs) (laughs) Which, again, makes me think they didn't really believe it. Yeah. But we do have a remaining question, which was, did he have an accomplice and did anybody else know about this? That's a subject of debate. An archaeologist who wrote The Piltdown Man Hoax Case Closed, which is never a title that I feel particularly confident with, but he was Miles Russell, he was actually an expert in this, says it's unlikely he had any accomplices because it would have been too risky. Someone would have talked. However, Francis Thackeray, a paleoanthropologist, says he believes Telhard de Chardin, the priest mentioned earlier, was likely in on it because he was a mentor to Dawson and a bit of a prankster. (laughs) He probably thought this was all a joke against Smith Woodward and that it just went too far and he kept his mouth shut. Smith Woodward is, of course, a suspected accomplice, but despite being a professional, it seems he kind of let Dawson do his thing and ignored most of it. Like he didn't pay any attention. 
Now, while this may have been a hoax for self-glorification for Dawson, attempts to get into the society, whatever, the 40-year-old trick had long-lasting implications. That's how long it took them to actually figure out that it was a hoax. And then in 2009, they figured out the depth of the hoax. So, for instance, when a real human fossil was found in 1924, the Tang child in South Africa, it was disregarded because it went against the Piltdown Man finding. No! More importantly, it made people distrust science. Creationists still use this as a reason to say evolution isn't real because scientists can make anything up. But then they get caught. Like, scientists get caught when they make shit up. When a creationist makes shit up, they just write it down in a book that gets, like, you know, passed around for thousands of years and used to cause genocides. Also, the Bible at no point says that evolution didn't happen. Yeah. Even my Catholic school admitted that evolution was real. They were like, we don't know what seven days actually means. And we don't actually know, like, if God was looking at these creatures and going, hey, if I modify this a little bit, it might turn into this. we We don't know the process. Yeah. And so... Like, we don't know the whole process. Even they admitted evolution was real. They were a little iffy on whether humans were evolved, but they didn't at least deny evolution. Um, And we've also seen how dangerous a lack of trust in science can just generally be in the last couple years. Yes, we have. And it's also worth noting uh, that people who like to use the Piltdown Man, Dawson was as much of a scientist as Joe Rogan. This guy had actually no scientific background. He was a lawyer who liked to collect dead things. Is this really someone you want to trust with your science? Yeah. Wow. So that is the story of the not missing link, the Piltdown Man, (laughs) and the hoaxer, Charles Dawson. Wow. I love, okay, I love hoaxes, but I hate it when they have like real consequences like this one did. I hate hoaxes and I hate pranks. Which is why I have ruined uh, April Fool's Day for Austin. I love April Fool's Day. And like, I know that she hates it, so I don't get to play pranks on her. And like, in the house is the easiest place to play, pr- play pranks. Now I have to do like work ones, and it's just not as much fun. I just think it's a day made to be mean. We did an April Fool's Day episode a couple of years ago. I we think. did, yes. Mm-hmm. All right, so you ready for your questions? I am ready for my questions. So these are questions about, these are whether or not these questions would be on a test. I'm not looking for the answers. Will this be on the test? Even scientists can be tricked. Yes, that will be on the test. Hoaxes will eventually be sniffed out, so don't fucking bother. Yes, that will be on the test. Including the word fucking. Yeah, oh, it's, uh, you get, you're allowed one per school year, and I think this is the perfect place to use it. Wait, you're allowed one per school year? Did you not read the syllabus? I never used one in a classroom setting. I accidentally dropped one in an informal setting with a couple of students, but that was See, it. Man, this is what, you got to start dropping F-bombs in class. I had a dream last night that I became a teacher again. <gasps> do I get a backlog? Yeah. Also, I was teaching high school. I think you're more allowed to do it. Yeah, they, they save up like vacation days. Well, in real jobs. Um, And then faking results can screw things over in the long term, both for you and for the community at large yes don't fake scientific results don't fake any results yeah like science math grammar yes you've uh, you fake it's like we found that i before e is in fact a hoax it actually is <laughs> i before e is in fact a hoax uh the fact that you don't need the oxford comma is a fucking hoax and no one will convince me otherwise yep the strippers jfk and stalin like, when has every, anything ever been made less clear by having an Oxford comma? It makes everything clearer all the time. I have an Oxford Society 
hoodie and candle, Oxford uh, comma, you will never convince me that you should not use an Oxford comma. And I still struggle with not putting two spaces between sentences. Yeah. I fully oh, admit it. Uh, I Luckily, it autocorrects now. But there have been studies showing that it's easier to read when there's two spaces. Yeah. Oh, and I learned why boomers put spaces before the, before their punctuation. I actually Googled it because I was getting tired of reading it. Why? Um, so apparently that's actually how they were taught to do it for many years was to have a space after their last word and the and the punctuation to show that the punctuation was there. Oh, okay. So it like would emphasize the fact that you did in fact end this sentence or have a comma here, which makes sense when we think about when we were learning to write, we were told to like really emphasize those yeah. things. I don't, I don't know if it's one of those things that just like, it makes more sense on a typewriter. Yeah, or when you're writing by hand, it yeah. makes it's it makes it very hard to read on computers and on social media. Yeah. Um. So Austin, I went for less than half an hour. Wow! Excellent. I told you that this was less than half my normal length. I think I'm just Look getting used us. to that TikTok rhythm. Yeah, we got like, we're, we're punching it up. We're going faster. We're not going on as, we're actually on huge tangents right now. Maybe we're... We're not really. We're, we're talking about hoaxes and then also things that aren't hoaxes that just confuse us. Um, it's like, there are actually a lot of really interesting things. When you go online, you're like, oh, this fucking grammar. Um, I'm actually thinking about... I don't, okay, I don't ever do that. I think that's a you. Well, like, you get mad when you both type in all caps. Yeah. For no reason. And there actually is a reason behind it sometimes. Um, it's not, they're not yelling. Um, it's either that they can't see very well, so it helps, or that is actually a way of writing within the deaf community. I can't, I don't know any details beyond that, so don't, there's the mournful meows of the cats outside the door. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of little, little things that I'm going to, we're going to be putting on the tickety talks in addition yeah. to my, uh, renovations. So what do you have for me today? Okay. Well, uh, so you know how in school we all learned math? Well, no. I mean, we probably learned math. I did not. I didn't really pay much attention. You're automatically good at math. Yeah. So it may seem strange that I'm covering probably the most taught thing in modern mathematical education. Um, the current style that parents can't understand. No. The Pythagorean theorem. A squared plus B squared equals C squared? Yeah. It's so ubiquitous that Maddie and I have had a literal sing-along songs about the Pythagorean theorem, the crazy ex-girlfriend's math of love triangles. Is that the... Yeah, it's the triangle one. Yeah. Uh, a squared being one side of the triangle, B squared being the one side, and then C being the longer side? Yeah, the hypotenuse. Yes. Yeah. I actually... I Geometry I was good at. I actually did learn geometry. Yeah. There's an even entire math class... Where, like, a third of it is the Pythagorean theorem. It's trigonometry. Like, so far, it's like... I should have taken trig instead of algebra, too. Yeah. And this is, like, it's so... It's a big, important theorem. It's used in everything. It's like people use it in their everyday lives, even, from things from carpentry to artillery. And so it's important. We've all learned about it. What can you tell me about Pythagoras? The guy we named the theorem after. You know what's interesting is I actually remember learning about him in geometry class. Um, but I remember very little about it um, because math stressed me out so much yeah. that I was focused on the math. All I learned is that he was Greek and he did math. That's it. So naturally, I decided, like, I'm going to look, see if there's enough for, like, me to do an entire topic on Pythagoras. I've actually looked into this before, too. I couldn't find enough. Oh, boy. There was. There right. was enough. Uh, Pythagoras of Samos was an Ionian philosopher that lived in Greece in the 5th century BCE, and his philosophy influenced Plato 
Aristotle and Socrates. I remember that. Like, he was... Because a lot of this... Like, math and philosophy are actually very similar ideas. Yeah, they were closely intertwined, especially with Pythagoras. Yeah, and especially when we look at those unsolvable math problems that are still out there that we believe exist, but we can't prove them yet. That's just philosophy. Yeah. Yeah, physics... Physics people, you're just philosophers. They are, and it it pains them on a spiritual level. Which is another type of philosophy. Well, guess what? What I listed is all that we know for sure. Oh, yeah, see, this (laughs) is what I'm talking about. Because none of his writings survived. What, what, like, sources we have from contemporary, like, from his contemporaries include a satirical poem by Xenophernes about him defending a dog from being beaten because it sounded like a dead friend. How is that satire? That's just like being Greeks a are, hero. Greeks are weird, man. I think they're making fun. It's like, ah, oh, look at him defending a dog. We're I monsters. Would, I would defend a dog. Yeah. I would not defend that dude who wrote, who made fun of him for defending yeah. a dog. A doctor that said he knew Pythagoras personally and included some of his uh, Pythagoras's philosophy in his own work. So okay. he's like, he was like, yes, I know Pythagoras. And I had these brilliant ideas that I'm going to pass off as my own. Rude. And... A, a contemporary from Samos who simply referred to Pythagoras as one of the biggest charlatans in history. You know, we hear that a lot about people whose work eventually became incredibly influential, which is interesting because mine just went in the opposite direction where they were like, look at this genius. And then they're like, charlatan. Yeah. And of course, then about a hundred years after he died, a Herodotus wrote that Pythagoras was not the most insignificant of the Greek sages. And he mostly taught his followers the secrets to immortality. Obviously, it didn't work because he'd been dead for 100 years. Or had he? And I should point out at this point, too, that Herodotus is not exactly a reliable source. Herodotus, like, he comes up a lot. He's kind of like a Pliny the Elder, except less reliable. Yeah, he was like, Pliny was like, this is the natural world. Herodotus was like a gossip columnist. Yeah, it's like... The historical gossip, gossip colonist. Oh my god. Because Austin. he would, he tended to exaggerate and change details to make the story more engaging. Austin. Yeah. I, okay, I started my own personal blog. I think I should change it or get a different one where I'm just a historical gossip columnist. I mean, the sky is the limit. You can do whatever you want. This is America. Wait, are you saying I can't go into space? Are you making me like... The uh, we will not support Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk in this house. But Elon Musk isn't the other one who went to space. SpaceX. He's literally sending astronauts to the International Space Station. Um. Yeah, but he hasn't yet, which makes me think that maybe it's not real. <laughs> what? Okay. No, are you saying that I'm like Wally Funk and I'm not allowed to go to space? That sky she's is been, my limit. She's been to space. But she wasn't allowed to for a very long time. Austin is you being can... anti-feminist and saying I can't go to space and that the sky is my limit. I actively now encourage you to please, please go to space. <laughs> I Yeah, I can pass astronaut training. Oh yeah, me too. Me too. We are both in peak physical condition. Yep, we are definitely not in our mid-30s and decaying in place. <laughs> and we also, uh, about Pythagoras, know that Aristotle wrote about Pythagoras' followers, the Pythagoreans, but that work itself had been lost, so we only have what people remember reading about it that they wrote down. Well, that's exactly what we have for Shakespeare's plays. Yeah, because we like there's like almost no contemporary sources that have survived, and we don't know a ton about the guy. Most of what we do know about him comes from what the Romans reconstructed about him about 500 years after he died 
And we have what we have, again, reconstructed from what's left of what the Romans reconstructed. Seems like how we get a lot of history. Yeah. And the Bible. And yeah, and even what we have that did survive about him is mostly full of myths and legends. It's stuff that's clearly not true. Uh-huh. Like, it's like a game of telephone, but like with naked statues and suggestive faces. Wait, is that not how you grew up playing telephone? It is not. <laughs> Okay, which one of us was playing wrong? I'm going to say me, because naked statues and suggestive vases sound fun. We need to redecorate It is a house. weird thing to do in kindergarten, I guess. So weird. Especially with a teacher there. So, like, we can't say a ton about the guy, but... We can <laughs> End s- of podcast. <laughs> but we can say a lot about the cult he founded. Sweet, let's do it. That's right. I'm talking cults? about... Col- this is, like, my fifth or sixth cult. And meanwhile, my cult episode was how to know if you're in a cult. And here I am promoting cults. Hey, kids. Wait, is this Join your, a cult. Uh, okay, so you did Jim Jones, but then the rest were sex cults. And even Jim Jones was a little bit of a sex cult. It was a little it? bit of a sex cult. Is this a sex cult? This is not a sex Thank cult. God. I Actually, it was a little bit of a sex cult. God damn it. Don't ruin <laughs> triangles for me. See, because Pythagoras was really more of a spiritual leader and a guru than he was a mathematician. Mm. Uh, his teachings had direct followers for hundreds of years after his death, and they influenced art, science, religion, music, and mathematics all across Western history. Okay. So what were his teachings? Uh, they were either ways to achieve some kind of immortality, as I said before, or, Mike, or more likely, it was how to get in a more, to a more preferable afterlife. Like in The Good Place. <laughs> There's a point system. Yes. Uh, Pythagoras is one of the early proponents of the idea that people had a soul and that the soul was a part of the body responsible for sensation and emotion. Okay. We don't know if he thought it was an immortal soul initially or if that was just later influence from Plato who was all about the immortal soul and the influence he would have had on the Pythagoreans. Well... American Miss American Pie said mortal soul, so clearly he was not a follower. Follow, yeah, a follower of Pythagoras. He was not. He never took a single Chevy to the levy. I don't even think they had Chevys or levies. Well, is it really a levy if the levy is dry? I don't know. We'll have to ask the good old boys, but they were drinking whiskey and rye, so they might not be reliable. Well, and they're just, all they'll say is this'll be the day that I, oh, oh wait, this is a cult. Miss American Pie is a cult. Oh, yay. Yet another cult. I'm adding it to my collection. <laughs> yeah. uh, but they did believe in reincarnation and that if you lived your life in a satisfactory enough way, you could escape the cycle of reincarnation and live with the gods. But what if I don't want to? What if I want to be reincarnated? Then I guess ignore Pythagoras. That's super easy. But triangles. Yeah. So how did you keep your soul healthy enough to escape the cycle of reincarnation and get into a super great afterlife? Kale. Let me tell you. It was silence. Just be quiet and listen. Oh, I cannot be a follower of Pythagoras. Some accounts mention new initiates not being allowed to speak for years while learning his teachings. I would have lasted about eight minutes. I know. It's like, I get worried when you stop talking. Cause like, like you'll be talking nonstop and then you'll stop suddenly. And it's like, what's wrong? It's like, it's like when you like, you realize like, it's like, 
it's like when you're like listening, it's like something sounds different. You realize, oh, a noise has stopped. You are the background noise of my life. Wait, I'm the background noise. You're not actually listening to me. How could I be? You never stop talking. This is I would why get nothing done. This is why on the scoreboard we are currently four to zero on things I was right about. I know. We have a literal scoreboard, guys. This is a real thing. Um, yeah, I should take a photo of it later to prove it. <sighs> yeah. I got okay. I got it innocently so that when Austin and I play board games, we could keep track of the scores. I figured this would be a fun like placeholder until we start playing board games more often. We've We're been lazy. sitting here in front of a Yahtzee game and also a Boggle, and you know, you know me with my um, ADHD. I have been finding words in the Boggle while also listening to you. Wow, wow! I'm glad you pay as close attention to me as I do you. Sting, <laughs> tases, tases do sting. Read right. you. That's the, yes, that is what you're Ding. doing. <laughs> Sam! All right. So uh, another thing they would do was they didn't eat meat. Oh. There was being a vegetarian. Uh, but they didn't talk about it so much like modern vegetarians do. It was more just say, hey, just be a vegetarian. Avoid eating meat. Vegetarians don't tend to do that as yeah. much. It's vegans. And, and you know, a big part of it was because, hey, like we believe in reincarnation. So that BLT you're eating might be your reincarnated grandpa. And that would just be fucked up. Why did grandpa come back as a pig? What did I he do know. wrong? He probably uh, deserves this. Yeah, he probably did. But still, he's like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to eat your grandpa. And this is also uh, why Pythagoras was defending the dog that he thought sounded like his dead friend. Because he thought it was a reincarnated friend. However, uh, the poet Xenophernes just mocked him for this because he did not buy into uh, his philosophy. That's fine, but don't make fun yeah. of him for defending a dog no matter what. Yeah. Uh, then there's, you know, justice and harmony. Your actions will be judged when you die. So don't be a dick if you want to go hang out with Dionysus or Bacchus if you were one of his Roman followers 500 years later. Which is funny because Dionysus slash Bacchus both seem like they would not have made it to this place. No, but basically it's like, hey, you'll get to hang out with gods. And they like really loved Bacchus because it's like, all you're going to do is get drunk, party, and have sex. The so stuff you were not allowed to do yeah. in the Pythagorean cult. Look at my, Look underneath the door. Oh, we have a cat who's desperately trying to get in here. They're quietly sitting there, though, so I'm thinking it might be Fezzik. No, I think it's it's Draco. Yes, and by the way, uh, if you're like me, you're reading this thinking, hey, this kind of reminds me of some of the tenets of Buddhism. If you're like Austin and reading this, what are you doing in our house? I mean, reading about Pythagoras and Pythagorism, which is like, it reminded me of Buddhism, and which is really neat because Buddhism and Pythagorism popped up at about the same time they're like within the same century mm-hmm. so it's like it's possible that the information about buddhism could have reached greece and pythagoras and Gautama buddha lived around the same time so there might have actually been some influence of buddhism on pythagoras can we write like some kind of buddy comedy about these two i feel like it'd be really boring i don't think so i think we could make this work what it's like if it's a buddy comedy they've got to be cops solving a crime yeah, and this will be a new lethal weapon because one of them is significantly older than the other. Danny Glover was 40. Oh, he was about to retire at 40. Can you imagine? He was too old for this shit. Yeah. That's what I say every day when I wake up. And yeah, me too, me too. And the final tenet that they really talked about was mathematic, mathematics. Mathematics were the secret to the universe and you needed to study math and science to understand it. I mean, that's pretty true. Uh, by the way, uh, we don't know this for sure, but Pythagoras is credited as kind of the father of music theory. 
basically he studied how uh, string lengths related to the sounds they produced, and he discovered that musical intervals, which is like the like chords and stuff, followed a ratio. So he like did a lot of stuff with early like how music and sound worked. Uh, also, his the Pythagorism the Pythagoreans worked on heliocentric models of the Earth, which is. Uh, where the Earth revolves around the sun. Yeah, yeah. They were working that out. They never worked it out quite right because, you know, they didn't have all the right information. But they were trying to figure... Because they realized, hey, the Earth definitely goes around the sun. The sun does not go around the Earth. They they knew this because, shocker, it's pretty obvious if you observe anything. Unless you're a flat earther. Yeah. Then nothing makes sense anymore. So, yeah. The, so, do, and, of course, now I'm going to get to what you have all been waiting for. That I have stubbornly refused to talk about for like 15 minutes now. I'm going to talk to you about triangles. I, they have multiple centers. Yeah. Well, I've got some bad news. Do not tell me triangles don't exist. There is no evidence that Pythagoras came up with the Pythagorean theory. Theorem. Theorem. What's the difference between a theory and a theorem? I don't know. I'm just, I was typing. It was late. So the popular story is that he suddenly discovered this and that he famously, then he went and sacrificed an ox to the gods as a way of thanking them for helping him discover this theory. However, we know that that cannot possibly be true because he forbade blood sacrifices amongst his followers because of the whole reincarnation thing. He would not have done that. Uh-huh. So, and on top of that, there's no contemporary sources that show him or any of his followers putting forth this theorem. No proof of it. No uses of it. In fact, like, we didn't see, like, Greeks using it until a different Greek philosopher, uh, Euclides, founded about proof of it about t- in 200 BCE. So 300 years after his death. However... And then there's a whole branch, like, called Euclidean mathematics, or is it Euclidean physics? It's mathematics. Math, yeah. yeah. However, we also know, have more reason to show that Pythagoras did not found this theorem, because the Babylonians did. The Babylonians did a lot of shit that we give the cre- the credit to the Greeks. The Babylonians discovered it uh, 1,200 years before Pythagoras was even born. They discovered triangles? They discovered the Pythagorean theorem. Oh. The A squared plus B squared equals C squared. We uh, They discovered it, and we know they discovered it because we have found it on written on clay tablets of theirs. So I'm just imagining them like, while we're at it, let's invent a new alphabet. We'll call this one A, and we'll call this... Little two up here, we'll call it squared. Yeah. If you want to see the uh, Babylonian uh, Pythagorean theorem, it's on a clay tablet known as Plimpton 322. Plimpton? Plimpton 322. P-L-I-M-P-T-O-N? Yep. 342? 322. 322. Plimpton. And, oh, here's a tangent. Um, even the Pythagoras did not discover a proof of the Pythagorean theorem. Albert Einstein actually did when he was 12. Mm-hmm. So, um, suck on that, inspirational memes that tell us that, oh, well, Einstein failed his math class. It's like, no, he fucking didn't. He was literally innovating in the field at the age of 12. Yeah, no, that's one of those things that's patently untrue. Yeah. Um, a lot of the inspirational things that you read about celebrities or scientists, they're not true. Like, guys, a quick Google search will tell you things aren't true. Yeah. Austin has now started doing them and it's breaking his little heart. Yeah. So why do we credit Pythagoras with discovering the Pythagorean theorem? I don't know. Well, it's like we don't know for sure. We do know that the Pythagoreans worshipped a triangle made of dots called a tetaikis. 
It was a divine symbol of math, and they would actually swear oaths to it. And it is also possible that he might have popularized it in Greece because he literally evangelized mathematics and he could have spread it around. But since we don't have any actual records of what he did and its uses, and it was something that was used in so many trades that it might have just not been written down in any source we still have. So it he might have popularized it, but we don't know for sure. So there you have it. Uh, I went on about souls, reincarnation, and contemporary sources for like half an hour just to ruin math for you. And I'm not even sorry. Now I'm thinking about the idea that it probably wasn't a math person at all to figure this out, but it was like a blacksmith or something. Yeah, like carpenters. Carpenters use this all the time. Yeah, I've actually been reading about like people, like really smart people who couldn't figure out basic shit. Um, there was one about actually an archaeologist who found something like what could this possibly be? It was like actually labeled as something they would worship. And a person went in there and they were like, yeah, this is just a really simple tool we still use today. Which they did actually do some digging. And yeah. Archaeologists. Did some digging. Um, and they found out that that, I think it was a plumber or something. They were correct. They were like, this is actually something we use every day even now. But the cool part is that, you know, it's lasted thousands of years, these exact same things. Because if it's not broke, don't fix it. So are you ready for questions? Sure. All right. Well, the fact that Pythagoras stole his big mathematical theorem from the Babylonians be on the test? No, because we also have no proof that he stole it. Yeah. Uh, will the fact that he also copied Buddha's notes be on the test? So Buddha came first. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I, think it's... I think I would go with, um, will the fact that he was inspired by Buddha be on the test will be there? It's like, we don't even know if he was for sure. It just popped up at the same time. It's, it's one of those fun history coincidences. Buddhism is fascinating guys by the way like buddhism is actually it's from india and buddha was actually very thin yeah will the fact that austin spent about 20 minutes trying to think of a clever nickname for pythagoras that involved the word plagiarism but never actually could quite do it be on the test no but give me a minute i'm not going to and the final question will the most extensive surviving primary uh source we have written about pythagoras was a poetic diss track be on the test? Yes. So yeah, that is me ruining math. I'm assuming you went through um, Plagiagoras. Yeah. I mean, it's clunky. That's yeah. the best I could do. Pythagorism? I mean, we talked about Pythagorism. That's the religion. Um, is it though? Yeah. Well, the entire thing was plagiarized. That's true. So maybe well, that was the goal. He was in on it. Yeah. They knew. Yeah, him and Charles Dawson working together. I knew it. Big old conspiracy to make the Germans look bad. Everything is a conspiracy to make the Germans look I bad. I mean, the Germans do a fine enough job making themselves look no, bad. No, they don't. The Germans are on it, man. You're thinking about World War II Germany, and yeah. they have, like, actively worked to un not undo the damage, but what's not, to, to not be that. Yeah. To be better than they were. They learned from it. We can't say the same about everything that we've done. No. Uh, so, yeah. What up, my Germans? I think you're awesome. And I also love that you're super blunt about stuff. So if you want to give us a five-star rating and be blunt about how fantastic we are, that would be great. So where can people find us? Well, they can find us on Twitter at OnTheTestPod, on Instagram at OnTheTestPod, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OnTheTestPod, and our website, OnTheTestPod.com, which I believe you have recently revamped. Uh, revamped is being generous. I do have it up and running. It is a work in progress at the moment. I'm getting our transcripts back up. I'm, um, working on getting our 10 days of Shabermas back up. Um, the way that my new website 
works is it's you can only have one blog on there as opposed to multiple blogs. So if you're looking just for transcripts, you got to click on like transcripts um, on, underneath the blog, things like that. Um, but it's coming together. So it, it's there. It exists. And also don't forget about our TikTok on the test pod. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's new. It's new, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. Austin's in it a couple of times, but he's not home as much as I am. Yeah. He's not. Um... I'm not as photogenic. I am hideously ugly. Don't look at me. Austin is the phantom of the opera. He's here. Inside your mind. <laughs> um. Yeah, so we are now doing this every other week, still on Tuesdays. We might pop in once in a while if something cool happens or we want to let you know about something, but pretty much every other week for the foreseeable future, just because life turned out to be a little too crazy recently and we yeah. and I, Austin's still doing great, I need to take that extra time. So we've got some cats who are very, very upset that we're, I don't know if you can hear them, but it's pathetic, um, so that are getting upset. So we got to get going um, on that note. Class, Class dismissed. dismissed. Under an hour.